Naledi Muleo on SAFM. Your topic could make it onto the talk shop. Just email talk at safm.co.za or tweet at SAFM Radio. It's five minutes after eight in the second hour of the talk shop. So we asked earlier on Twitter, um, what are you concerned about as a young South African? So let's, let's find out what young people are really worried about. It's youth month. So let's, let's give them a platform um, and share it with the country. This is what's on their minds. Tweet at Naledi Mulau and at SAFM Radio. Use the hashtag talk shop. You know what would be nice? If we, if we trended, maybe this month, I'm, I'm setting a goal for myself and all of the SAFM talk shop listeners but we trend, we make, we make the, talk, the talk shop trend, especially because it's youth month, right? I think we can do it. We have enough young listeners to, to get us to trend. Maybe I'm being ambitious. But I, I will keep reading some of the tweets that are coming in. Um, at Ilu X Apple says, I'm concerned about people accepting the poverty levels uh, that are subject to because of the system. Uh, at Mangi underscore says, I'm concerned about seeing graduates in the streets with placards looking for jobs. Our government is failing us. Keep those coming in and I'll share them with our listeners. Uh, we've decided just to move the, the discussion on uh, whether or not the Constitution is protecting or misleading our children to tomorrow uh, to make space for the discussion we're about to have now on our mentors feature with Letabo Seleke. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about that tomorrow. But Letabo is in studio with me now. Welcome to the talk shop. Thanks, Nalini. Thanks for having me. Uh, uh, the first thing I said to her when I saw her, I said, you're very brave. <laughs> you're very brave. Um, so you wrote this article talking about why you feel safer around white men mm. and not safe around black men. I, I, and I need to say this on air. I'm going to let you speak first before we open up the lines so we understand what you're saying because you you run the risk of being called you know a young Mabel Janssen perhaps if we don't understand <laughs> what you're trying to say no definitely thanks for that opportunity to just clarify um I think what throws people off a bit is the headline and um I had someone actually apologize to me and tell her to say um before I actually read the rest of the article I was pretty angry at you I was angry when I saw the headline, before I read the article, I was like, what is she saying? <laughs> These privileged children of today. <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, um, the issue speaks to a greater societal problem. It's a global problem. Mm. Um, I feel, especially where any group of women is gathered um, discussing men, we know the conversation tends to be, it goes very south. You know, we start complaining and, you know, my man and, you know. Um, now, when black women get together to talk about black men, it's even worse. Mm. That's in my opinion. Well, just uh, obviously I can't speak for white females and, and white males and what their conversations about um, black men would center around. But generally, I feel we live in a society that has criminalized and dehumanized um, black men. People don't like black men. They're hated by black women. They are hated by white men, white women, boys, girls. Little kids are told when you see a strange man, don't talk to him. Little kids are not told when you see a strange white woman, don't talk to her. Mm. You know what I mean? So we've been socialized to, to, to fear the black man. And I think my article was basically challenging um, that stereotype that the black man is a criminal to be feared. Um, Just talk about that. I mean, you begin the article with talking about, you know, a walk to the mall from mm -hmm. your house. Just just share that story. Okay, so basically, um, I usually take evening walks, quick dash to the mall. And on that particular day, or evening rather, it was around 7-ish, 
Um, I was pretty scared. It was a bit dark. It's winter, obviously. And I was just obviously looking around me to see what's going on, being aware of my surroundings. So I was very relieved when I realized that this white man jogging behind me. And I was like, whew, I'm safe, right? And cool. Before I knew it, obviously he's jogging. He overtook me and mm. I couldn't see him anymore. And then I get to the mall, do my shopping. On my way out, the concern now is the journey back home. Mm. Oh, snap. Any jogger in sight? No. <laughs> so any white jogger in sight? Any white jogger in sight. Mm. Because but in there, you, you, you talk about what would happen if, you, if it were a black jogger. Yes. Mm. I specifically said that I was hoping there would be a white jogger because I thought to myself, hmm, if it's a black dude, he'd probably harass me, want to give me a lift, ask for my number, or he'd probably not even care if anything was happening to me, you know, that type of thing. Um, and then on my way back home, there was a man that came from um, the mall as well. So mm. he was walking behind me. A black man. Black man. Mm. Um, now he starts walking very fast. And I'm getting very scared and nervous. I'm like, oh, my God, what do I do? Should I go and ring the intercom there at this random house? You know, what do I do? And obviously starting to think about what do I have on me? Do I have a phone? What do I have? Oh, my gosh, this guy. It's either he's going to take my phone or he's going to harass me or whatever. You know, I was thinking of the worst. Mm. And then, in fact, let me, let me read <laughs> from the article. Because let me read for it. Now, where, where was it? There was a point that I highlighted. Um, as this, ma- this black man is walking behind you, you said, in no time I thought to myself, he'll catch up and demand my phone or sexually assault me. That's what black men do. Yes. So, that's a very sarcastic statement, by mm. the way, obviously. Of course. Um, because the thinking at that time was... Obviously, I wasn't aware of my own prejudices or my own biases at that point, but obviously I'm sarcastically saying, yeah, well, obviously the black man is most likely to do something harmful to me. Mm. And when I got home and realized that I'm safe and sound, nothing went wrong, I was so ashamed. I felt so guilty Mm. um, because I'm someone who's always trying to challenge um, you know, society's views of marginalized groups and stereotypes and things like that. So I became very ashamed that I, at that moment, prescribed the very stereotype that I'm always fighting against as a black person. To mm. say black people don't perceive us like this. And I went and did that to a black man and thought like that. I was like, why did I suddenly feel safe when there was a white man? Mm. The moment a black guy came out of nowhere, I became very suspicious. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you said you can't exactly pinpoint a particular, and I'm reading from the article, I can't exactly pinpoint a particular source um, from where these thoughts are coming from, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know that from a young age, walking from school and seeing a black man along the way was never a good thing. Often my friends and I would plot an alternative direction if we saw a suspicious-looking black male. You, you still haven't figured out where, you know, that pinpoint that... that, that where that thought actually came from. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of um, influences. Mm. Um, as I said with the, the, the example earlier, when you're growing up and you're being told, oh, you know, don't talk to him, or that odd-looking young man in the neighborhood, don't be talking to him. It's been there's the media, obviously, which I feel, obviously, is the biggest influence. Um, there's just a lot of, you know, factors mm. that come into play. 
you know what I mean? Um, but obviously, I do dwell a lot on the media and the article. Yeah, and, yeah. and we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment, just to, to go back to the point you made around uh, black women and how, you know, when black women are together, how they talk about black men. A- and you say, um, in a discussion with, with, with women, one of the ladies jokingly said, can I just get myself a white man? Mm-hmm. I don't know how many times I've heard my black female friends say that. I've heard it well, Exactly. Yeah. Um, and we obviously joke about it, but jokes do contain an element of truth, apparently. So it comes from a place of we feel very disappointed mm. by the black men um, in our lives. Or I don't know what the thinking behind it is, but I feel like it stems from a certain a view that we hold about white males as compared to black males. Mm. That's why I would jokingly say things like that. So what do, what do black women say about white men? Oh, he's so caring. He's so sensitive. Well, I feel like, actually, even this whole expectation of what a man should be. I've heard a lot of my guy friends complain and say, ah, you know, you expect roses and you expect me to be romantic. And generally black men complain about those kind of expectations that their women have. Mm. And those kind of expectations come from what? Movies. Movies where usually the lead romantic guy is a white guy. Mm. So it's that expectation of romance that has been, um, you know, constructed by Western perspectives of, of what love and romance looks like. Mm. Hence we associate white males with the romantic guy that we that we see on the notebook and I don't watch movies much that's the only movie I can reference but you mm. know yeah reading from the article again um, uh, most of my black female acquaintances say that white males are romantics who truly epitomize love they are sensitive and in touch with their emotions they spend their time at work or at the gym and not at the club where they could potentially be tempted to cheat on their partners mm. um, and, and you say that these I mean, again you go back to the media right and the way that the media portrays the white man but you also need to talk about the way that the media portrays black men right so you, mm. you say a lot of the blame rests on the shoulders of the media yeah definitely mm. um, I feel like we can't speak of any you know stereotypes of any kind without referring to um, media portrayals of certain groups of people in society and Open up a newspaper, you know, there's been a robbery here, there's been a murder there, there's been a rape there, and usually, the, you know, the, the, the suspect is a black person or the person that's been um, accused of this crime is a black person. A black man. A black man, rather, sorry. Um, and, yeah, I feel like that, that has a huge bearing, obviously, on how we begin to perceive these black males. You know what I mean? And also look at how... Um, for example, when speaking of relationships, mm. um, the issue of polygamy, it's always polygamy being reported as a black thing. Mm. You know what I mean? Oh, this chief took 10 wives and Jacob Zuma took... You know what I mean? It, it's... I don't know. There's just very negative um, reporting on, on black men, be it from a romantic perspective. Um, the man that hit his wife and shot his children, that's a black man half the time that's being reported for having done things like that. You know what I mean? But what are you saying? Because ultimately the media's job is to report on what is happening. Definitely. Mm. Um, but I feel as though it's not immune to, a black, to the black um, community. I feel like there are white people somewhere out there who are doing these things but are not being, like, it's seldom reported. You get what I'm saying? Mm. Yes. So I just feel like it's a matter of the underrepresentation of the, you know, the racial um, 
But Murimulla Monster, um, Oscar Pistorius. Exactly. His reports are there. Definitely. And remember, even with the Oscar Pistorius case, it was a matter of Trevor Noah joked about him. He said, whew, for the first time, black people said, it's not us. Mm. You know what mm. I mean? Very powerful because the reality of the matter is, yes, it is always us. It's always the blacks doing this, the blacks doing that, black males rather. Mm. Um, and then at that moment, Oscar gave us that hope that, hey, Sure, it's not just us, yeah. you know what I mean? So I think it's a matter of having a balanced representation. Of, I mean, you're giving the, the, the idea that it's not happening in other communities and we as black men or even black people divert from the norm or whatever the situation is. Mm. That we are not normal. Normal people are not killing. Normal people are not stealing. Normal being whatever other race. All right, but we'll get ready. We're taking the calls. Cool. <laughs> what, what response have you had? The response has been... Black men have been very, I don't know if I could say relieved that we actually bring this to right. the table and have right. a discussion. Say that they have been vilified. Yes. Okay. And it's a very positive response, I must say. Okay. Well, let's hear from our listeners. The number to call, 0891104207. Kuku uh, sends an SMS that says, I'm a black lesbian and I'm scared of corrective rape, which white men don't do. Really? And then uh, Masilo Mugaba in Makado says, uh, Naledi, the surrounding experience and education are regarded as the greater influence of human, of human thinking. Um, let's hear from John in Johannesburg. John, good evening. All right. Okay, no, no, the rest of that SMS, your, your, guest, um, your guest is so right. Okay. John is in Johannesburg. John, good evening. Evening. Yes, thanks for Thank calling. You. Yeah, thank you for the, uh, the, the, the talk show. Uh, you um, brought in a very good uh, discussion, but I just need to be, you know, to mention that you need to be on the cautious side mm. when we start discussing issues about race. Mm. Uh, we need to be quite careful, and especially when we start categorizing black people, white people, and I'm not saying we avoid who we are. I'm a black person, and I'm not ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. But when we start now drilling uh, quite deep and categorizing uh, people, crime, and other ways to get to, to black people, uh, you start getting into a very dangerous corner. And there was a study in Germany years ago uh, that wanted to prove that black people, uh, white people are better than uh, uh, black people. But that research was actually uh, stopped mm. because it was actually heading people in the wrong direction. We want to promote a culture or a world that sees all of us the same, black and white. There are so many different reasons why there are many black people you would be afraid of or why you would look at a black person at night mm. and suspect that you'll be, you'll be ambushed or stolen or, or raped. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's all based on the, the past of uh, South Africa. I mean, uh, it's also the population, the number of black people versus white people. In there the are country. so many different reasons why one would be afraid of a black person, but not because black people are bad. Mm. Uh, I, I am a South African, but I'm also, you know, originally I'm from outside this country, and there we don't have an issue of black and white, where we have an issue of uh, race. Mm. So this issue of categorizing people based on uh, their, their cultures, their color, is 
very dangerous and we need to be very, very cautious. All right, John, John, thanks for calling. Um, You know, I, I... and I, and I agree with you, it's dangerous to categorize people, but what we need to do if we're going to move forward in, um, in, in race relations in this country is have an honest discussion about the way we see mm. each other um, across racial lines and even within our own races. Let's be honest, so that once, we've, once you've spoken the truth and you know what to do with it because you know where the problem is. Smoo was on the line in Midrand. Smoo, good evening. Hi, guys. How's it? I'm well. Thank you for calling. Good, good. Uh, funny, guys, you should be speaking about this very topic because it's something I experienced a couple of, uh, a couple of days ago. Mm. Um, I'm also a chap with joggers at late at night with my hoodie and my dark clothing and whatnot, and mm. when it's dark after work and whatnot. Mm. And, you know, whenever I see females walking when I'm jogging, I tend to try to avoid them, you know, not, to, like, try not to scare them or, or, or something. Just I don't know who? what it is. So is it, is, is it women, just women generally, or women, people of other women, races? Women, okay. women, yeah. women specifically, because when they see me, it's dark, it's at night, I'm black, and... You're running. ...the Batusa mm. and whatnot, you know. It, uh, what I'm trying to say is it's so deep, it's that subliminal conditioning that the black person, the black man is bad, and it's, it's, it's just deep, it, it even cuts into us as well, black men ourselves. How does know? that feel for you, Spoo, when you have to... When you have to be conscious of the fact that you don't want to scare anyone simply because you're black and, and jogging at night. It feels terrible. Mm. It feels terrible, especially when I know I'm just doing something that's good for my health and I'm minding my own business yeah. and I have to now be conscious of that. I don't, uh, let, let, let me not inconvenience other people. Let me jog on the other side of the road so I can show them that I'm armed. I'm not going to hit them in any way or, or something like that. And no, it's deeper. I, I see it in programming, kids' program because I've been spending lots of kids, um, lots of time with my brother's kids, and I see it in kids' programming that black people are bad, and, and everything goes with it, you know. Mm. It, it's really deep, guys. It's, it's, it's not just something that's uh, icing on the cake. It's really, really deep. If it, it hurts. gets me. Yeah, it, it gets me as a conscious person as well, and gets me off guard sometimes. Mm. I can I, I can really relate to the girl in the studio and what she's saying, the lady there. Mm. But she's saying that you know what, when it's happening, it's scary. But then when you think about it later, you're like, geez, did, did, did this did this racism propaganda get to me like that? Mm. You know, yeah, it's it, it's it's terrible. Yeah, Spoo, thanks so much for calling and for sharing that. Eb um, is in Durban. Eb, good evening. Good evening. Some of my best friends are blacks, the Africans. And, um, you know, it's very hard to force uh, Western culture on Africans who've lived for thousands of years with African culture and you expect them to behave like, like white Western men. And some of the biggest wars in the world have been fought between whites, between English and Germans or Russians and Germans who are all white. So to categorize uh, black people as being evil or women haters or bashers or whatever, I think it's, it's utterly ridiculous because the African man has always been uh, regarded as the head of the household in all the tribes when, when they were still tribesmen, hunter-gatherers, and to expect blacks to all of a sudden change their Western culture, wear westernized clothes, 
drug western uh, uh, just, 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 just a second Evie how does that come you know why, why is westernizing a black man part of the discussion around fear of black men because uh, everybody regards black people as like being evil or thieves or criminals or whatever and I've got the best black friends I've ever known better than whites better than Asians so I don't think this discussion holds any water whatsoever about black men. It's just that people have been subjected to 50 years of apartheid in South Africa where they were pushed into holes, denied all rights. And if they hate, if they hate anyone, whether it be a white, a, a black woman, whatever, I mean, you can't blame can just, you? just a question, Ibi. When you take a walk, right, in, in your neighborhood and you see a black man walking behind you, don't, don't you get nervous? Do you? Unfortunately, I grew up with blacks in Tonska for 20 years. I worked with blacks all my life. And uh, I've had the best black friends. Okay. I'm not frightened of a black at all. I regard him as my brother. I can speak Tosa, yeah. speak English, and I can speak Afrikaans fluently. And the problem in South Africa is that all whites must learn to uh, speak an African language. Okay. I mean, we're living in Africa. This country belongs to blacks. It doesn't belong to whites at all. We came here as visitors, as guests. Okay. Uh, Ibi, thanks for calling. Our constitution does say that South Africa belongs to all who live in it. But um, Thanks for calling. Kamau is on the line from Cape Town. Kamau, good evening. Hi, good evening. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for calling. Oh, thanks, for, thanks for having me. Um, so, Nalilia, first of all, thanks for having uh, Letabo Sekele there yeah. and, and speaking about this issue. It's, mm. it's, it, I think it's quite important. Um, so, I'm originally from Kenya, and, and the other day I was actually driving out of, out of uh, my complex, which is in a, in a predominantly white area. Mm. And I was actually asking myself, you know, what, what exactly does a suspicious man look like? You know, and and to, to my to my dismay, you know, I, I couldn't actually come up with anything other than a than a black a black man, you know, mm. sort of, you know, in, in supposedly scruffy scruffy way, you know, and and to look at on the on the opposite side of the coin of that, you know, if it's a white person, you know, they're sort of like a hippie or whatever, and and what I've noticed is it's it, 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 it's quite important that obviously we discuss, you know, uh, violent um, um, male black male masculinities or rather just violent black masculinities in, in general and but also just looking at these constructs that we have in terms of of of, of black men being evil or black men being violent and and obviously you know there's this fact to back up you know sort of the, the deviances or crime and deviances that we have you know as black men mm. perpetrated amongst amongst women but we also have to look at at how in some cases you know you find that people switch tend to have a switch and and in some certain settings, black men are sort of not seen as violent. So you know, when when there's a function and there's a black waiter, whatever, it almost you know we are, as black men we are invisible or we are violent. And it's also just depending mm. on, on the setting. You know, sometimes I walk in the shop, I'm I'm see I'm being followed around by cameras and all that and by security guards. But if I go to a wine to a wine tasting event or whatever, even if somebody just sees me in a corner and they can also see the black person, they also think I'm a waiter or whatever. But I'm invisible. And and this. You know, we, we we create this in you know in our in our children's minds from from a very young age. I was mm. very aware of my own violence. I, I was aware of my um, sort of criminalization. So the question now is, you know, going forward, how, how is it? You know, I don't have the answers, but how, how do we sort of you know start re uh, unlearning this? And obviously, yeah. you know, from our children's perspective as well, you know, how do we 
create positive um, images of black men whilst at the same time sorting out violent, you know, male masculinity. Obviously, right. I know the male I should be right. working that's, against it. And that's a really good question, yeah. and Letabo actually does have yeah. the answer to that. We'll, we'll, I'll give her a chance in a moment. The article actually addresses what we should be doing. Right, Kamal, thanks for calling. Tamba's on the line from Richards Bay. Tamba, good evening. Uh, good evening, too. Hmm. Yes. yes, Tamba, can you oh, hear me? Yes, yeah, thank you for taking my call. No, I, I wanted to finish your, your precious allegations. In that, the, otherwise, the black, no, no, no family person would be living in a black community on grounds that there are black persons. And furthermore, there is no court of law that you can, would, would be in the state of, of upholding her allegations. Mm. Oh, yes, no, no, with any court of law. But these are her perceptions. These are not These are not allegations. These are just perceptions, right? Oh, I see. Okay. Thank you, correction. Yeah, because those gradual eviction are baseless and unfounded. So, can, as they say in law, <coughs> there's a principle that lays out, the, the principle in law lays out that each case must be shown in, on, on, in, on its own merits. So to this extent, no, I don't agree with your guest. The lady with utmost respect that uh, when she's entitled to, to to say whatever <coughs> according to our our legal system or according to our uh, our constitution. Yeah, I think That's it's important to I, I would, right, and and you know what I think what we should be doing is just highlight the fact that we what we're unpacking is not. Um, how our legal system treats black men. We're unpacking our perceptions, so individually as South Africans, how we each perceive black men in this country. Um, is the image of a black man, or the image of, as, as, as uh, Kamal said, a suspicious-looking man, when we, when we imagine what a suspicious-looking man looks like, do we imagine a black man? Let's be honest. Uh, Temba, thanks for calling, though. Um, I think I'll take just maybe two more calls. The number is 0891-104-207. Again, 0891-104-207. Or send an SMS to 34701. Because if we imagine a black man, if we imagine a suspicious-looking man to be a black man, that means every third man must, every third man, every third person in this country must be suspicious-looking. Um, some of the tweets that have come in, um, let's see, all right, now, just a second. Oi, oi, oi. Um, I'm very disappointed by the guest's perception. This is um, at um, Ilu X Apple. I'm very disappointed by the guest's perception and more about the station bringing such an idea on air. Um, uh, at Azania Finest says, well, okay, I think that one is... Is separated, so that's two separate trees. I need to find the, the first bit of it. To entertain your guest, does coloured Indian Chinese fall into the same category? Do you get nervous? That's a very good question, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, no. To be, sh- um, to just give a short answer mm. to that, no. Um, I don't. I'm not afraid of white, of of uh, Indian males. Um, actually, funny enough, um, a friend of mine today said, it's always black or coloured. Mm. Now think about how we've been conditioned to think about colored people mm. through documentaries. You've watched a lot of documentaries. You think of them as, you know, they do drugs or they drink, they steal, you know, things like that. So, I mean, everything boils down to to, to how every race is being represented. Mm. Indian people are represented how? Just, 
yourself, Naledi, just think of one word that you can use to describe an Indian person. Oh, I'm not going to put myself in that <laughs> corner. No, 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 no. Well, let's just think of it. The, the, the stereotypical um, ideas surrounding Indian people is that they're business people, mm. always negotiating. Good with money. With, exactly. Mm. Precisely. Chinese mm. people, smart, inventive. I mean, these are things that I, that's the obvious. I don't even have to state that. We all know of those assumptions. And then let's talk about the black man. What do you think when you think black men mm. yeah, I th- what we need to do is just, and a lot of SMS is coming in saying you know they're not impressed with some of the points that you've made mm. but we need to be honest and say that you're not the only one who holds these views and mm. many others do as well that's why you wrote about it it, mm. it is like racism because yeah. it, it, it's something that, that, that we continue to think about exactly. um, two more calls 0891-104-207 again 0891-104-207 Let's see some of the SMSs that have come in. So if you want to SMS in, the number is 34701. Um, there's one that says, Hi, my lady. I feel there are uh, large fractions of South Africans that share the same sentiments as you, uh, that they feel safer around white men than black men. The question is, who and how many can say such things in the open because of public outrage recently? I personally feel such sentiments are needed because it brings one to to a point where they're able to look into the mirror and to see if there's any adjustments that could bring positive changes. Mm. Um, let's see, just an SMS from Dudu that says, Jesse Jackson said that he feels safer with 10 whites behind him in New York than 10 blacks. Mm. Mm. Um, sure, okay, some of these are quite racist. I'm, going, I'm not going to read the ones that, that, that you know, are, are just, you know, really attacking black men. That, yeah. that I won't read. Um, but let's see, 891 to give us a call. Elliot is on the line from the Eastern Cape. Elliot? Hi, ma'am. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for calling. I'm all right. Anyway, I'm trying to listen. I'm listening to your program as you're speaking today. But the perception, at first, I, I kind of get it a little bit wrong. It's like the lowering us to the blessed. But as I listen, I think people feel maybe there's a message behind this. Mm. It's a way of awakening black people mm. to, to to have to change the mindset about how people see us. Mm. You know, by trying to do the right thing, because truly speaking, because of our past or the history, things that have happened in our lives. You know, some people as a result of that, the result of it, we've been labeled, we've been... In the front news, even in, in, when liberating our people, there was violence and everything. Mm. So if we are, we are always associated with anything that negative, mm. but now to change that perception, I believe that the message behind the lady's story is about mm. us Africans changing the mindset. Because I remember once there was a story where the former apartheid president, I believe it was Waters, a parliamentary statement, where he was turning off African people, being nothing, you gave them wives, you gave them alcohol, you gave them guns, it's all they want to do is just kill themselves. Mm-hmm. So that was the perception during those days. I mm-hmm. believe by now, the message behind the lady there is trying to come for, to a man to do a deep introspection, to think of, him, of us as a man. Mm-hmm. What is it that you can do to change this perception of girls being want the parents to be to to be to be scared of us or to avoid us as people perceive us as the people that are so violent and dangerous. Mm. I believe even if when you walk in the dark, every person is afraid of a, a person 
you're not scared of a lion, but you're scared of a man. So this thing is a very interesting topic. But Thank you, Elliot. Thanks so much for calling in. Last caller, James, on the line from Johannesburg. James, good evening. Yeah, uh, good evening to you. Mm, thank you for calling. Yes, yeah, I was just listening to 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 the to the lady that uh, has uh, her perceptions in uh, what the black man is uh, portrayed to be like. And uh, and to and to my uh, view, like uh, her, her perceptions are correct with regard to uh, resulting from uh, from the media and from uh, from, from what. Uh, Society speaks about, you know, regarding a black man. Mm. And I, me myself, I'm a black man, and uh, I've, I've grown up, I've grown up like uh, with only my mother, like taking care of me, like and my brothers. You know, mm. my father passed away uh, when we were young, and we uh, and I've been raised to be like a good, a good man, you know, in 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 in, 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 in uh, the various aspects of my life, like mm. yeah, and uh, so much so that I've I've uh, like, Whenever, uh, whichever company I work in, I usually get promoted into like casting so position. Understanding and, uh, that you, you that you understanding that you work so hard, James, and you you know you you consider yourself to be a good black man. When you hear that, yeah. what is the yes. feeling that it comes with? Because once we're able to understand the feeling, I mean, you said um, you said Latabo that you were you you felt guilty once you realized what these perceptions were of black men. Let's find out what, what it feels like for a black man to hear that you that, that you are largely okay now James is gone. Oh no. Oh no. Okay. Um Felicity and Soweto sends an SMS saying, Now lady, why are black men being so defensive? They need to stop crying, foul. Um such should be an eye opener to them. Uh, this is what people think about them and not all black men must mm. um and not all black men must clean up their image. Man up, call each other to order and since when are black men so sensitive? Hypocrites. <laughs> That's what the SMS says. Um Nalevi, can I just um address something here? Mm. You know, we live in a society that's very um whether you want to admit it or not, it's a white supremacist society, mm. right? And women, black women, have a different experience of it. We are very vocal about, um, we're very vocal about the fact that no, especially recently, that we are not going to um, be judged by how silky our hair is mm. and how light we are. We're very vocal about those things. Mm. We're starting to embrace our physiques and things like that. We are rebelling against that white supremacist culture mm. because we are being affected by it. Right. I don't know what the conversation is about how this white supremacist culture is affecting the black man mm. and how he's perceived in society. Are they having the conversation about, you know, as a black man in the society, this is how I feel, this is how I feel, this is how I feel. You know what I mean? I'm saying to white men that, to black men that this is what we are being told about you by society as black men, because already... I think the world knows what, what black, how black women feel about how we're being portrayed. We're very vocal about it. Mm. But I feel like the conversation is not being heard about black, how black men are being affected. Right. They are being affected. That is the truth of the matter. Yeah. The fact that if you're standing in a traffic light and a, walk man walks, a, white, oh, a, a black man walks close to your car, you quickly check to see if your doors are locked. And if they're not, you quickly lock them because a black man just walked past your car. Why is that? And I've heard a lot of people say things like that. Yeah. You know um, what I mean? So it's 
it's something I feel we shouldn't be shy to speak about because it is it is the truth. Mm, and Simisia, this is just wondering what and how Steve Biko would be responding to such perceptions emanating from a black person about his or her own um, self-hate and inferiority. Um, where is that? Inf- inf- yeah, I think that's it. And then um, another one that says, what would, what would, again, about Steve Biko, Steve Biko, what would he say when he sees the moral decay amongst our men, the decay that has led to such perceptions? Mm. Um, Felicity earlier said men need to, black men need to man up and change their image. How do they do that? Oh, well, I don't think it's about black men changing their image. It's about men re- black men rewriting the current dominant narrative that is out there about mm. them. The fact that they're being labeled, by the way, my partner is black, um, and I just feel like black men have the responsibility now to rewrite that narrative mm. about themselves. You know what I mean? It's very, very sad. How, though? Um, I feel like it, it, it starts with not, subs- not f- fulfilling certain stereotypes or expectations that society has about you. I was um, watching a video by um, certain Dr. Uma Johnson, and he was saying the first thing that we need to prioritize in the black communities is education of black men. Mm. We've, we've mastered the education of black women. These scholarships for them, Grash Michelle scholarship, such and such scholarship for women, but we have a scholarship for the young boys. Mm. It's almost as if they're the forgotten um, members of the black community. Mm. We need to start educating them so that in the future, the educated black man is not an exception to the rule and he's not, you know, a deviant. He's actually the rule. He actually is the norm, yeah. you know. So I feel like it starts with mentorship, as I said in the article. The men that are, the black men that are successful, that are the so-called exceptions, I think they owe it to the young black boys to, to, to be mentors to them, you mm. know, to show them that you don't have to be what the TV says you are. You don't have to be the rapist or the whatever that they say you are. You know, you can be the doctor, the businessman, the this, the that, you know. Um, and I was actually reading something also very interesting as well to say that more and more black women are being, you know, um, absorbed into the, into, the, into the labor market and mm-hmm. things like that, and they're doing really well for themselves. And because of that, very few men are actually getting jobs, believe it or not. Black men, rather, mm-hmm. sorry. Um, and that also kind of... Um, you know, contributes to that whole perception of, um, you know, black men are failures. They're sitting at home. They lose their jobs and things like There's just a lot of things going on right now that I feel black men are not having those conversations among themselves. Mm. So that's just... Yeah, you yeah. you 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 have a lot to say, Lita, when it's been such a pleasure speaking to you. Eye-opening discussion, honestly. Right. Are you on Twitter? Yes, I am. Okay, what's your handle? At Lita Okay, and then you, you blog? I do blog on the News24 um, Voices website. Sure. Well, I'm sure you're going to get a lot of followers after this discussion and some comments as well. Latabo, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure speaking thank to you. Thank you so much, Nelly. I wish we had all the time in the world. There's just so much to say on this topic. Yeah, there's a lot to be said, and that's why we have this feature, right, the Mentors feature, to, to thrash out issues around South African men. We need to have honest discussion, right? Definitely. Thank you so much. Latabo, an absolute pleasure. Latabo Seleke, um, and, and that was our Mentors feature.